Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Early Line right here on SportsGrid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh as we cock-a-doodle-do it and get you ready for the sports world and how to make some money off of it. Kevin, we have been talking all week, last week as well, about teams and sports coming back. I mean, I think the biggest things right now is the commissioners are getting involved, right? We're hearing Manfred. We're hearing Silver. We're getting proposals to the players. The only thing I'm worried about is now, will, let's say, Major League Baseball, will they, you know, will they defecate the mattress on this? Will they throw up on their face on this? And actually, what should be something like a celebration of sports, helping us get back to normalcy in this country, might they, you know, screw the pooch on this and have it become a labor dispute, Kevin? Yeah, probably. I, I mean, the other night I, I saw uh, Blake Snell. I think I think he, you know, streams uh, video games as seemingly now it's actually quite popular for athletes right. to do. Um, and I think he was saying there's no way I'm gonna like take a pay cut while making that health risk. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's probably the consensus. We spoke about it, you know, a, a bit more yesterday, um, and it continues to I think be kind of the the main thing here is they're already being financially impacted. I think that's maybe somewhat being lost, I think, on people who are siding with the owners here, is players are already being impacted. They're getting, right now, the projection, right, is they're going to get half their salary. Right, all at 81. Right, and, like, some people will say, oh, okay, so half, you know, 20 million is still 10 million. They're not all making 20 million, one. Two, when you are, like, expecting to make 20 million, you make certain purchases and you're accustomed uh, to a way of life, <laughs> right? But like you'll make decisions, right? Like if, if you yeah. know someone got that contract, bought a house, Based and all of a sudden you now, coming in. yeah, you have now half the income you were expecting. It actually is quite, you know what I mean? Like, sure. so I, I think this is really kind of a big, big thing here where if these two sides are going to really dig their heels in and I think both have enough on their side to where they can argue that they should dig their heels in. This doesn't feel great. So here's the thing, and I may have said this to you before, Kevin, you know, back in the 90s, and still now, great comedian Chris Rock, his first comedy special was called Bring the Pain, and he does a whole thing about O.J. Simpson and Nicole Brown Simpson. And part of what he says is, listen, if you're making $10 million and your wife wants half, you're doing all right. But if you make 50000 and your wife needs twenty five in a settlement, you might have to kill her. Okay, yeah, now yeah, this yeah. is Chris Rock. I'm obviously joking. But, you know, I think it speaks to your point, right? Like sharing the pain is not going to be easy. Here's what I'm also hearing, Kevin. And, you know, listen, the owners have made a proposal, okay? What is likely to happen, Kevin, is the players or the players' union is going to come back with a counter proposal and yeah. then the negotiation is going to happen and here's what i think we're going to see kev i think the players are going to come back and they're going to be like nah forget this 81 games we'll play the double headers we'll play more we'll sacrifice our rest days and we want 120 we want 105 we want 115 here's yeah. why kevin you said it they've already agreed to every game lost is one one sixty second of their salary gone right so if the owners are saying, yeah, let's get in 
call it 81, exactly half, the players can come back and say, no, we're open to play doubleheaders. We want it to be, and we see a way for there to be a 110-game schedule. Why? Mm. Because then they get paid 110 oh, sure. over 162 of their salary. And Kevin, listen, I played college baseball. I played, you know, for a while. And I love doubleheaders, you know, running around, you know, traveling to the next city, playing doubleheaders. So if these players know that if they decide to play more, they're going to get, you know, a bigger chunk of the pie. I fully expect the player's proposal to include these doubleheaders we were talking about and a number higher than 80, 81. So I'll, I'll make an, uh, my own pop culture reference. And this one is, uh, it's far... no, it's not, okay. no, it's not, far, it, but it's, it's far from Chris rock. Um, there was a, a movie, it was a Netflix exclusive called The Marriage Story. It actually was quite ah, yes. acclaimed. And uh, one of like my favorite scenes in the movie is when Adam Driver's character goes to his lawyer um, and they and he says to and he and he, he goes, All right, we need to say that she's the worst mother in the world, that she has a drinking problem, boom, boom, right. all these things, right? But the lesson is him saying, if she comes into a negotiation starting from a crazy point and you come in from a reasonable point, right. we're going to land somewhere in the middle, which is, which is, all, which is right. all in her favor. But if she comes in crazy and you come in crazy, then right. we'll all land in the middle. And the reason I, I, I bring this mm -hmm. up is basically where, you know, we've kind of already seen that we're going to get the universal DH, right? right? So basically, it's kind of a matter of figuring out what's, what you really need. And I think there's maybe something to the idea that if, the owners put all of their focus on the money. And this is but this is dirty stuff here, right? Like, I hope this is not what's going through their mind. But if they put all of the focus on the money, that if they then say, you know what, guys, let's just get back to playing. You're right. You already made your concessions. We go in. And in the process, Major League Baseball is able to pull themselves the universal DH rule that they've wanted. Uh, but also, they get baseball back. Because all of a sudden now the focus has become the money and not the health, which you and I have talked about. It somewhat wouldn't surprise me. Now, that's definitely not the case if it is true that they'd lose more money by playing the season. Right. And no, this is very real. There's no galaxy brain negotiating <laughs> strategies going on. But I'm still really, you know, hesitant to buy the idea that it is financially more beneficial for them to not play any games this season. Yeah, no, that is definitely something to watch, and there probably will be in the next, you know, period of time. We're going to hear about proposals going back and forth for them to find that landing spot between reasonable and crazy. And that begs the other question for me, Kevin. How long do you think this negotiation is going to take? Because if we're talking about, call it July 4th, right, as opening day, we yeah. already know that they need, what, call it three weeks? For spring training 2.0, that gets us back to, what, the first week of June, second week of June. So the clock is ticking, right? Mm -hmm. they, they can't have this be a weeks-long negotiation, right? They can't be at the table until the first week of June because then you're starting to compromise either the idea of the amount of games in the season or the amount of runway players and teams and officials can have to get ready for the season like they have to do this quickly they have to kind of swallow their pride on some level everybody involved if the objective is to get back have a full season play 80 81 games but i don't know 
that that's everyone's objective. As we've talked about, the owners yeah. may be just protecting the bottom line. Which is, and I'll be honest with you, it is the most dangerous thing, and and I and I dangerous in terms of us having a season. If it is true that if this is not financially responsible for them to go on with the season unless the players make more concessions, then you know we we spoke about it yesterday, right? And me from my like naive, hopeful standpoint, I'm like, but this isn't what it's supposed to be. And you know, Dan, you're like, listen, kid, it's kind of what it's supposed to be. And I like, like I like your spitting statistician. Uh... <laughs> Uh, you know, accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're the wise eighty year old man on the stoop who like tells me to cut it out. But you know what? But you, I think you kind of get the gist of it sure. all. I I think that this is, it's fascinating. And I'll also say, you know, with when it comes to this season for Major League Baseball, you're already playing half the regular season games here, pretty much under a best case scenario. Sure. It's already been a roller coaster in terms of playing your preseason and then every single thing coming to a halt. It, it's been a, a difficult road. Now, you want to get this ball rolling as soon as possible. We've talked about the benefits of being first. We've talked about the cons, but we also know the benefits is being able to grab everybody's attention and how that could hold a lot of weight for Major League Baseball. But I also do think that Major League Baseball is not greatly harmed by the pushback of the start of next season. We always focus on basketball starting next Christmas. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're Major League Baseball and you don't come back around until, say, next May – I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I think eventually it would come back around. But from what we know about COVID, like because of potential second waves and all right. of these things, like if you're baseball and you're able to push it back and fingers crossed, maybe the vaccine is here sooner than, than uh, we would, you know, than people kind of are projecting. Maybe if you're Major League Baseball, you could have the benefit of your next season actually having fans for at least the bulk of it. Which Next you could season. accomplish sure. by pushing it back. Right. I mean, that is the hope. And I think baseball would be lucky there. Because when you talk about compromising next season, I don't think that's something baseball is going to have to worry about. You know, the NHL, maybe. NBA, yeah. Because they start in October, let's say, right? Next baseball season wouldn't get going until, you know, 2021 in spring training, right? So even if they start late, and even if, as we've seen with some proposals, the World Series happens in November or even later, they would still have those two months in between Mm -hmm. to kind of do the league business, do the free agency, have the winter meetings, that sort of stuff, and not jeopardize next year. However, to that point, one thing we have seen, unfortunately, is that uh, next year was supposed to be a WBC year a World Baseball Classic year, and that has also gone by the wayside in the baseball schedule, unfortunately, just like the Little League World Series, which is something that I kind of look forward to. But in any event, you know, we're starting to see this in the NBA as well, Mm -hmm. okay? In the NBA, we're also seeing, you know, the same kind of blueprint. What is the proposal? What do the players want? And how are we going to figure it out? I saw one proposal, and remember, in baseball, we've seen this kind of official proposal. In basketball, we're still kind of going back and forth and not understanding all of the details here just yet. And I heard one thing I wanted to get your thoughts on. Mm -hmm. I heard that because of the 18 regular season games, you know, and what that could mean for competitive balance, one proposal I've heard is that, yes, they would go straight to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But before the playoffs, there wouldn't be regular season games. But in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference, the team seeded 7, 8, 9, and 10 would have a mini play-in tournament. 
to allow those teams that maybe were within a stone's throw of the playoffs Mm -hmm. to have a chance. Right. So teams like the New Orleans Pelicans, teams like the Washington Wizards may have a little mini series to get a shot to get in. What do you think about something like that to try to give people a little bit of practice time, honor the potential of teams that are just out of the playoffs? Now, I know if you're a seven seed, you don't like it. But what do you think about that idea? I think it. It works from a viewer standpoint. People will be all in for it. High stake basketball games. Even right. you know if it's if those are best of threes or even single eliminations, like sure. people are going to be totally drawn to them. I think there are two issues. Is one, it is a little unfair, probably to your seven seeds. I, I think one could say the bigger thing is if, and this is something that you, you keep in mind from a betting perspective, if this is the case. But if let's just say the Mavericks get that warm up game, but right? The Clippers get nothing. Mm-hmm. Then and that then in game, the next series, that game one Mavericks Clippers. Right. I'll be real interested in the Mavericks because yeah. of kind of the fact that they would have that leg up. And clearly we've seen the NBA cares also about the competitive balance as they return to play. So I would keep that in mind as well. All right. We'll keep talking about this, what it may look like when sports come back. And we've got sports to handicap for this weekend. Come on back. It's the early line right here on Sports Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid. Dane and Kevin, we were talking about these plans to return with Major League Baseball. The sticking point is really who's going to share the losses, right? And it's going to come down to money for the NBA because they were in their season. There's a lot of talk about competitive balance. What about the regular season? What about if when we get to the playoffs, one of these big name all-star players go down? And, you know, Kevin, one of the other things I saw in some of these reports, remember how like what I was calling these super delegates got together, the banana boat crew, the all-star crew, they had their own, you know, FaceTime or Zoom to kind of discuss what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. I've now started to hear that 75% of the players mm-hmm. want to come back and are ready to go, whether it's regular season, whether it's just to the playoffs. And that that intrigued me because, Kevin, what if you're in that 25%? You mm-hmm. know, like you you have a valid fear if you are in that 25%. You know, we know the pandemic that is out there. We know that, you know, testing is not fully caught up. There's still some open questions about travel, how this could actually happen in the Truman Show. And I remember asking you yesterday, you know, like now with all these big names being out there being like, yes, we want to return in essence, like representing the playoff players. And now I'm hearing maybe a quarter of players don't necessarily feel that way or unsure and i mentioned to you yesterday this idea what what about peer pressure that kind of thing what if you're in that 25 percent where you got guys like russell westbrook and lebron and Giannis out there talking about like yeah we'll do whatever we can to get back and you don't truly feel the same way yeah so i think some people might hear that and think to themselves why wouldn't you focus on the 75 percent it's because the 25 percent holds a lot more weight in this situation now the the there's variables to all of this, right? And I wonder what those numbers look like for 
if you only pulled players on that are going to be in the playoffs. Fair. Because ultimately, right, if you're on the Warriors, I mean, there's absolutely right. no reason. If you're a 12-year veteran on a team that's out of the playoffs, you're like, yeah. I'll see you next year. Exactly, right? Now, some people might say, I don't care. Because if you're, because if some players are not comfortable, like the pride and the desire to win a championship does not outweigh the health risks. And I don't disagree with you, but we have to kind of keep into account here that if the players are are chomping at the bit, right? Like then that means we're going to be moving closer to this ultimate resolution. So I think that's one of the things that would really intrigue me, Dane, is just trying to get a grasp of of that twenty five percent. How many are already kind of removed from this season? Now, if in that 25, and we've talked about this, right? But if that 25% was made up of the guys that were on the phone call Mm -hmm. to get the league re-back open, right? If it kind of flipped, I totally agree. And I think anybody who doesn't would be lying to themselves. That 25% now would start to feel like the majority. Mm -hmm. Because, and it's not because they force other players. Because of the social capital that they just have. Yeah, I just think in right, like it's uh, it's harder for Adam Silver to be like, listen, I understand that you know Giannis and Kawhi have no interest in returning to the game, but we gotta we gotta get this thing exactly. moving. Like you, so, but now saying you know it's very easy for Adam Silver to say it's incredible that we uh, have players so dedicated to the sport who are dying to get back out there, which isn't wrong. He's not. He's it's not just like the easy route. It just happens right, to be the. Right. It's just making it easier for Adam Silver, and I will say, I mean, it is. You know, it is crazy the juxtaposition between these two leagues where you can mm-hmm. see the players giving Adam Silver and Adam Silver Cover. giving to the player players, though, and, like, this, all of these groups just trying to work in lockstep. And all they're talking about is figuring out what is the safest option. If they knew – this is – and this is where those two are so different. If tomorrow, tomorrow, they were like, it's safe, go. The NBA is up and running, no doubt. Major League Baseball is still in a holding. Yep, I think that's absolutely right. And we are even seeing, I believe the state of Arizona is going to open up for sporting events, if necessary, this weekend as well. Hey, maybe they were looking at some of the fights going on in Florida, down in Jacksonville, and saying, we need a piece of that revenue. It's almost like having what we talked about, the idea that sports investing you know, may have a hand in this economic recovery for states that have lost so much money and say, oh, wait, I see these states that have turned to gambling and sports investing and what a cash cow it can be. I actually think that that will be part of the way back for these states when we pop out of the other end of this pandemic and we start to think how to regrow and reimagine the economy. But I digress. Let's keep it moving here. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about UFC fight night that was going down and we have some results. You know, I thought there were a couple of important takeaways Mm -hmm. from this event, Kevin. But what I would ask you, I know when we talked about it, we thought that this card wasn't as brand name, shall we say, as the UFC 249 card that happened last weekend. Do you think kind of the shine is off the rose? I remember asking you, now that they're going to have three events in one week, will will fans get bored of it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do these names still rate as much? Now that we've seen the fight night on Wednesday, do you think it still captured the attention of viewers and fans? It's it's the perfect question. So... um... You know, I remember saying, you know, oh, it'll be on ESPN. It'll be interesting to see how it does in the rating. Right. I unfortunately made an assumption uh, there. It was not on ESPN. 
It was, it was also, just, yeah. Yeah, it was exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So if you have an ESPN Plus to play, it's free, right? But not everybody has an ESPN Plus subscription. So that was jarring to me, Dane. Like, Putting it behind the paywall? Yeah, because on, like, on ESPN was the 2015 NBA Finals Game 6 between the Warriors and the Cavs when the Warriors won their first title. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe a LeBron slant is why I'm uninterested in watching that game. But I just can't imagine that, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I can't imagine that there'd be more eyes on a replay of a finals from, you know, almost five years ago than a live sporting event on the heels of 249, which was very popular. You know, right. the, the the views for the prelims, you know, people thought would be better, but they still did 700,000 pay-per-view, pay-per-view buys, which was very, very good. And you want to try and keep this momentum rolling. And I don't know if it's a situation where it's just, look, it's just in the contract. And maybe that's the case. I would argue that they should have been able to negotiate something because it'd be beneficial for both sides to have that on regular ESPN. But it also immediately, you know, Dane, I thought back to our conversation. And is if this card was headlined by Cerrone Pettis Mm -hmm. instead of Smith Teixeira, does it make its way to ESPN? And, I, you know, you could see through the timeline, Dane, a lot less people talking about this than 249. Right. And that, while that's expected because it's a pay-per-view and what have you, but also, what else were sports fans doing? Were they all set, you exactly. know, sat there, you know, you know, arms locked uh, watching uh, the 2015 NBA Finals? I don't think so. Were they all watching wrestling? <laughs> Maybe I was. I don't know about everybody else, though. I mean, everybody knows here, if you've been watching this network and me for a long time, you know that I am a fan of reality TV, and there was a Survivor finale on the same night, so that's where I was glued. But I think it's a good point, right? It comes down to the money, Kevin, and that's what we keep on saying. If you put it behind the paywall and less people see it or purchase it or have the subscription, that's still more money in Disney's pocket than you put it out over the free airwaves. And, you know, we have to realize, you know, we're going from a kumbaya, we're all in this together phase to the, oh, yeah, we got to protect our own and our own bottom line phase. And I think that's absolutely happening in a lot of places that we're seeing in the sports world. But let's get to what we saw in the octagon. The main event was Glover Teixeira. He gets a W over Smith. And it looks like, you know, I guess he got caught early. But by the end, it looks like he was toying with him. A lot of people on my timeline were talking about the referee should have stopped it. Yeah, this whole thing was a real, 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 real mess. Smith came out, looked great. Uh, stunned uh, Tashara a couple of times. And this was one of the most fascinating things. And I, I say, man, Daniel Cormier, what a treat to have him on commentary. commentary. He just understands. I mean, there's a reason why yeah. he's one of the greatest fighters uh, that, that the sport has seen. He And one of the things that he made a point of was that Smith came out early, firing, boom, 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 boom. His corner, nonstop direction. One, two, one, two, three, four, three, four, let it weave, let it weave. Mm-hmm. Every two seconds. And he goes, you can't do that. He goes, when there's a crowd, it's different. You have to say things over to make sure that they can pick you up. It was de- this is an adjustment. You now have a fighter who's hanging on your every word. He's listening to your every single detail. He's pushing the pace too much. And mm-hmm. Cormier, you know, proves right. Smith is completely gassed. Gassed out. Completely gassed. Tashara hits him with a couple one-twos. And all of a sudden, I mean, Smith goes spilling to the floor. Now, this is a situation where 
you know, Smith is trying to move around, trying to stay active. And, you know, I'm sure Dominic Cruz wishes that uh, Herzog, who was the referee for this one, was his referee when he was going up against Cejudo. <laughs> this one was, was more brutal, I would say, than the situation with Cruz and Cejudo. He doesn't stop the fight. Now, okay, right? Like, again, it wasn't some egregious type of thing. Because ultimately, these guys should be able to then proceed to stop the fight. Tashara put on just one of the most puzzling performances where he should have been able to realize. And again, like, why couldn't Tashara hear Cormier like Greg Hardy and Carlos right. Farza were able to? Because he's telling him if he just postured up and let four or five go, the fight's going to be stopped. And he was just throwing in these like absolutely crappy, like rear naked choke attempts. And it was just Almost letting Smith get his win back. Just not even get his because he he never was able to get his wind, but just allowing him to move his hands enough to where the fight wasn't going to be called off, and that is how the whole third round was, the whole fourth round, and then finally in round five, Tushar did this. But at that point, Dane, the fight very much so could have been called off. Smith was a disaster when he was going out there, and one of the things is they sent him over to his corner, and the first thing, I mean. He, he The first thing he says when he gets back to his corner, Dane, you t- tell me if this is a guy that you would feel confident sending back out there after watching what's now taking place, goes, yo, my teeth are falling out. No, that's not a good – that's not hey, encouraging. That's not good. That's not an encouraging sign. I'll, I'll be glass half full, but I'd be like, hey, you okay, man? Yeah. <laughs> you, like, you oh, this is bad. And, you know, people are right. saying, like, listen, I get it. It's the main event, man, and this is a guy who fought John Jones for the title, and he'd love to get back to that point. This isn't a title fight. This is and and this this whole idea of like you know at least ESPN plus yeah I mean like this is the the whole thing of die on your sword on your sword is like this mantra that's great until you actually have to die on the darn sword like that's not actually I think what these you know people truly truly want and I will say it was it was kind of one of those things even on the heels of what happened with Tony Ferguson Dane where we're hearing about like oh I should have thrown the towel in and it's kind of one of those things that like reminds you what you're actually watching, yeah. which is like just a dude getting beat up. Right. That's it's it's very uh Roman Coliseum esque. And that's why for a long time people didn't like UFC, but it is the sweet science in many ways. When we come back, we continue to talk about Kevin's takeaways from Fight Night. It's Kevin and Dane on the early line. Come on back on the grid if you want the edge. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid. Hey, Kevin, I got to tell you something. When you talk to me about these fight nights, it makes me think, like, DC is the big winner in all of this, right? Because he clearly knows what he's doing, and maybe he has a second career as a trainer himself or staying on commentary. DC is Tony Romo adjacent. I mean, his commentary work has been tremendous, but also – 
that's, I mean, yeah, Daniel Cormier, in terms of all of, like, ability to be on commentary, fighting talent, ability to be a coach, yeah, he's, I mean, he do, he can do it all. Like, if he ever was like, you know what, man, I'll train a fighter. Let me make him on my guy. And he could do it. He could do it. Daniel Cormier, like, Cormier, is, it is so weird that he acts and, and plays this heel uh, when, like, a lot of times in his fight and the buildup because people want John Jones, I think, to be successful. But, like, Cormier is just, I mean, like, he seems just like the nicest dude. He's incredibly well-rounded. Like, there's not really much to dislike about Daniel Cormier, but people do find their ways. And I, I mean, shouldn't even just, I, too, will be like, yeah, come on, John Jones, like, do your thing. <laughs> and, like, you know. It's weird because in football, you know, we've seen Andrew Luck walk away. We've seen Gronk walk away and then come back. You know, we've yeah. seen Doug Baldwin walk away. And we're starting to talk about this. I wonder for DC, why? You know, you've done everything there is to do in the sport, right? You clearly have this path in front of you if you want it. Like, why take on the brutalization? It's almost the same advice I have for Cam Newton. Like, why do it when you have all of the rest of these things out in front of you? But I digress. DC yeah. is, of course, still a main part of the heavyweight picture. And it's interesting because it seemed like there was another fighter on the card last night that uh, was in the heavyweight picture. It seems like OSP, for the first time, made that jump to heavyweight. Yeah. Not only was he successful, but he's got some other people thinking. Well, no, so OSP did lose, but he does have a lot of people thinking, and that matters maybe more than the result. Now, OSP went out there, and when he it was almost like the fight was in reverse. Like, if I would have told you the winner of the fight had a little bit more gas in the tank, was able to survive some pretty heavy shots, uh, it would have been, you'd have been like, oh, okay, OSP was able to outlast Rothwell. Rothwell had more gas in the tank. Ah. But when OSP was landing, he was landing. And, like, even, like, the final shot right before the last horn, this fight did go to a decision, um, which shout out to Gabe Renzi gave out that pick. Nice. Uh, people here at the grid. Um, it did go to a decision. He actually, like, stumbled Rothwell. But OSP was gassed. And this can sometimes happen. The jump to heavyweight can be tricky if you don't do it right. Right. And it seems like maybe OSP didn't do it right. This is a guy that fought, that fought at 205, and he was fighting a much, much heavier weight than that. So that lean explosiveness that I was kind of expecting to see from OSP, it wasn't there as much because sometimes mm. now you take the restrictions off these fighters, and they're not in as good of shape as you would actually expect. It, that's what kind of happened... Um, for McGregor, that first time he fought at 170 against Diaz on short notice. He's like, I've been eating steaks this whole time, and it's been great. I'm sure it feels great, but it doesn't lead to the most success in the octagon. And I think that's what happened for OSP. But what you're alluding to here is, to me, far more exciting, with all due respect to OSP and Ben Rothwell, uh, but it's John Jones. John Jones talking about the OSP fight, saying, man, the whole time I was thinking uh, if it was me, he goes, you know, and this is a move that I can make. Like, and John Jones knows he's significantly better than OSP. He's like, but this dude was fighting at 240, man. Like, I can go up there and I can last. I can make it happen. And this has been talked about for a long time with John Jones, partially because he has cleaned up the light heavyweight division for so long. Even in his absence, every time he comes right back and he just takes the title right back, it's what he does every time. So people have been trying to figure out these super fights. Brock Lesnar, Stipe Miocic. Right. Could maybe him and Daniel Cormier play out differently if it were at heavyweight? And John Jones is thinking, and this is actually 
Very important to the current UFC picture right now, Dane. Steve okay. Miocic is the champion. He's dealing with a lot of injuries, and they're not asking him to fight hurt, but they're kind of like, listen, man, we got to make some moves here. What's the deal? And Cormier, who I think you, there's definitely some validity to, to the idea of could he hang it up. But he would mm -hmm. like, I think, to go out on top. He lost his most recent fight to Stipe Miocic. Their current, right. uh, they fought twice. It's, it's a dead split. He Is that the one when, like, Lesnar got in the ring afterwards to talk smack? I think that was to Stipe? Cormier. Lesnar got in the ring to talk smack to Cormier right after the first one. Okay. Maybe, I think. Right. Um, I know that those two obviously had their, um, you know, their kind of thing. That could have also been at UFC 280. But I'm not, okay. nevertheless, Cormier, uh, not, you know, he got Stipe the first time. Stipe got him the next time. So Cormier's kind of been waiting to where, look, man, if I go out and I win that fight, I could step aside. But Francis Ngannou is knocking on every door. He's, he's knocking down all of the doors. He's right there and he is waiting. And if, Cormier and Stipe are going to wait this whole thing out, mm. then maybe for an interim title, it's Francis Ngannou versus John Jones. And as you can see here, those two exchange some words where after John Jones's tweet saying, man, I was thinking about it, I could do this heavyweight thing. Mm. And Ngannou's like, can you? Can you, man? What do you think? <laughs> well, like, there's one way to find out. <laughs> right. And, and John Jones is like, yeah, it, the power of your shots doesn't matter when they're all coming in way slower. And he's like, and John Jones is like, I'm a different dude. And to be fair to John Jones, his whole career, he's been a different he dude. <laughs> but also, what? I have no interest in stepping in the cage of Francis Ngannou. This right. man is 19 seconds. It's really interesting. Let me ask you something, Kevin. Isn't that natural, though? Because I know in boxing, for example, when guys are younger and earlier in their career, they'll be at bantamweight, they'll be at featherweight. And then as they, you know, put on their man strength, they naturally ascend up weight classes. Same thing isn't true in the UFC? Not, I don't think it is true universally. I think the moving weight classes is very, very often for your elite fighters. It is something that is because a lot of them find super fights at other divisions. Um, that's kind of more so, I think, where we see that stuff play out. Um, you know, it's why Conor McGregor will move his uh, right. different weight classes. Uh, Daniel Cormier moving different um, weight classes. So I think that's because, I mean, really, you know, like, I think Clover Teixeira has been doing light heavyweight the whole time. You know, I think he just maybe at the end of the fight was uh, talking maybe about heavyweight. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where a lot of them will kind of just stay steady. And I think maybe by the time their career would suggest a move, they kind of just let it ride kind of with where they are. Gotcha. That makes sense. You know, I mean, this idea of weight in the fight game is so interesting to me. Oh, yeah. You, know, you see how these guys put on weight. You see the crazy training when they take off weight. And we see that in other sports, too. You know, I was – when I saw – Rob Gronkowski, after retirement, the first time, at the first event he did, the first thing I said was, wow, this dude lost like 30, 40 pounds. We've seen offensive linemen who leave the game and then go into like the broadcasting world, Jeff Saturday, Joe Thomas, they lose like half a man, if you want to know the truth. And to be quite honest, the first time I thought for sure that Gronk was coming back to the NFL was when I saw him putting on weight. He was getting big again. I was like, you're only doing that for one reason, because you expect to take on the hammering of an NFL season. So, you know, sometimes there are weight clues. And one guy who's doing it in the reverse, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, Carlston Charles Sabathia, Kevin, CeCe, <laughs> he is getting ripped. 
I don't know yeah. if you saw this, but he's out there now. Remember, he's now what? Two years, one year removed from his pitching career with the Brewers, yeah. with the Yankees, with the Indians, of course. And he looks ripped. I mean, he was a big dude, but he was eating like, you know, Cocoa Puffs every day. He takes that out of his diet. Now he's looking trim. Yeah, I mean, and also, you know, for people who followed, you know, Yankees or baseball, just or even CC specifically, um, you know, they're kind of... They're he had a drinking issue. Yeah, and, you know, I think there kind of comes a point where, you know, he started to figure all that out. When you kind of get your life back, man, like, you have to keep going. Your wheels have to keep spinning. So, yeah, CC all of a sudden being like, I just want to get in the weight room. I just want to get after it. I want to stay active. Like, yeah, he looks great. I'm very, very happy for him. And yeah. I, I, I mean... You know, now I don't think we're gonna do the, like is you see coming back stuff. No, 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 no. He's no. just taking care of himself. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's good stuff. You know, when we are in these uh, stay-at-home quarantine times, there's a lot of different ways it could go. You know, I see some people putting on the quarantine 15, and other people that's using it as a time to kind of refresh themselves and see how they can be active and you know not let it take over just during the uh, mentality of the quarantine. Um, I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on ten uh, ten thousand steps a day. Just oh yeah, kind of, not bad. Um, you know what I mean? Just because like if because it was funny, but like you know you just kind of do them. Like you know you walk around the house a little bit sure. and you feel like you've accomplished something. Right. And it's also you know I probably shouldn't say this, but like the day before I did my first ten thousand step day, I don't even think I cracked like a thousand. I was kind of joking. I'm like, I think I must have took an elevator down the stairs. There's no elevator right. in the house. Like, I, you know what I mean? So it's, but, uh, yeah, you know, you just got to try and stay active a little bit during all this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have that on my phone as well where it, like, tracks my steps. Yeah, yeah. Get a little bonus with my health plan or whatever. I get, like, an extra dollar on an Amazon gift card mm -hmm. or something like that every day I accomplish. Whatever it is, eight, ten thousand steps, whatever the case may be. But absolutely, we got to keep it going. I don't know if you saw on my social media recently, Kevin. I went out for a jog, and oh, yeah? it was fun. Yeah, out here in New York, you know, a little path by the West Side Highway. And the funny part for me is I'm jogging, and there's no one near me. Okay, so I'm, I take the mask off. You know, I'm good to go. I'm still being fresh, socially distant. I got my bubble, and. Uh, I start sniffling. I start sniffling. I'm like, uh-oh, you know. But no, here's what it was. It's been so long, Kevin, since I've been, like, outside smelling grass. And there were, like, <laughs> flowers <laughs> in bloom, you know. And I'm asthmatic. I got allergies. And so that yeah. started happening. You know, I started watering eyes, sniffly. But it was allergies, Kevin. Yeah. And it felt so good to be outside <laughs> again and, like, sniffly for the first time in literally months. And I was like, oh. This is what this is like. This makes sense. I can do this. And I'm just encouraging people. Get on out there. You know, COVID is out there and it's obviously horrible, but you can also change your own narratives. If you are healthy, you have a better chance of beating this disease. But also be careful. Leave your masks on. Don't go in yeah. the store stupidly. And if you have a backyard, take advantage of it. That's what I've been doing. It's been walking in the backyard, you know, because I know that I'm in my nice confined area. But, you know, be smart about it, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I find some areas where I am by myself. I can take it off. You've seen me also on the fire escape at 7 o'clock. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm out there without the mask because, you know, no one is around me. But, listen, we continue to do what we got to do, and we continue to talk about sports. And when we come back, Kevin, there are other sports being played this weekend that doesn't involve a four-legged horse, doesn't involve an octagon. Yeah. I'm talking live human team sports 
are coming back in this world. Bundesliga is getting going in Germany. Okay, they're going to be the first ones to go. We'll see the pros, the cons, how we can use what happens in Bundesliga as a blueprint for sports here in America. And we'll uh, we'll give you some picks for this weekend, too, so you can get paid. It's Dane and Kevin here on the early line. Come on back. We're talking Bundesliga when we come back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line. I'm Dane. He's Kevin. And we are literally talking everything in the world of sports, whether it's how major team sports in this country are going to come back, what we see in the octagon, and what we are seeing in major team sports coming back in Europe. Now, Kevin, Bundesliga, the German, you know, top league in soccer, is going to be the first European league to come on back, and they are coming back this Weekend Now, Kevin, tell us a little bit about like what went into the decision, sure. the kind of pushback that Germany and Bundesliga did get. Because here in America, remember, UFC was going to go off in California until the government stepped in. Yeah. Right. Gavin Newsom said no. Meanwhile, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is cool. Come on in. Wrestling, you're essential. UFC, <laughs> let's get it. So, you know, how are we talking about this in another country where, you know, these games are happening all across Germany this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that hopefully will make people realize that there's a lot of places that have been a lot smarter about this than us. And that's uh, the main thing there is that Germany's done a much better job reacting to this entire situation. One of the interesting caveats, though, in terms of how they're going to handle this uh, moving forward is the potential of any player testing uh, positive. Right. So the government pretty much has told them that you'll only need to isolate the positive testing player. Mm -hmm. We don't have to, you know, shut everything down, everything right. down. However, basically the way Germany operates, the states and their health officials have final say. So, uh -huh. for example, in the lower level, uh, Dynamo Dresden, I believe is the name of a second division Bundesliga club, okay. uh, had a couple of positive tests. I think it was like maybe two. And those state officials said, no, 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 no. You're shut all, you're, you're, you're all quarantined. Now, it doesn't shut down. The thing is, it doesn't shut down the whole league. So Does that, that team means, have to forfeit their games? Dresden is going to certainly not play those games. Could they be made up on the back end? Huh. I don't know if there's been a final decision right. made on that. But they're going to be starting later than everybody else. They've, there was, I think, from seven days away from the beginning of the Bundesliga 2 games, they were beginning their 14-day quarantine. Wow. So they, I think there's maybe up to, like, three games that Dresden could miss due to their quarantine of their final nine games. And if they're going to be made up, wow. if they're going to be forfeits, I don't believe that's decision. That has been made final. But essentially, if we take it up to the Bundesliga um, and the top mm -hmm. division, if a player on 
the certain team gets it, it is up to that state to decide if mm. the whole team would be shut down. Very interesting. And that, in, in terms of, if you want to bring that into a betting perspective, right. does make the futures market difficult, which Absolutely. is available at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Bayern Munich right now are your perennial favorites. They sit yeah. at the table. Borussia Dortmund, not all then too Dortmund, far behind. Then Leipzig at and then, plus 850. Yeah, and then RB Leipzig. And those are really the only three teams that would be in contention for it. Now, if you mm. wanted to make a play, you know, Leipzig has a lighter schedule on the return. Dortmund, uh, you know, offensively has been incredible all year. Bayern Munich, their form before this all shut down was out of this world. But if all of a sudden one of these teams has to miss right. three games mm-hmm. and they're told those are all forfeits, it could drastically change the outcome. I'd be very, very cautious in the futures market. Yeah, I mean, I think this is another part of the blueprint mm-hmm. that American sports have to watch, yeah. right? Like this idea of the balance between the athletics and the state health officials. Let's say in Major League Baseball, where they're all playing in different states, right? All of a sudden, there's an outbreak and four members of the Colorado Rockies yeah. have COVID. Now, are we going to listen to the governor of Colorado? That's the sign decides to shut it down i think it's very very interesting and we'll start to learn from the blueprint you talk about the top three teams in bundesliga the other two teams that even have numbers on them in the futures bets are leverkusen and then my squad kevin brucia magen glanbach and talk to me (laughs) in this next weekend of matchups you actually have a lean in their game yeah absolutely the one thing i wanted to make sure that i mentioned though just kind of the importance of the bundesliga is This is the first time that we're seeing a team sport return Mm -hmm. where they had already played a ton of the season. And I think that this is very, very big for us, not only from as we try and figure out how other leagues are going to handle things, but I think it's massive from a betting perspective. Um, You know, for example, I have fixed on a couple of games. It's great, right? Yes. So it's one, what's the form look like? And we'll talk about that throughout some of these picks. But two, we also now, because they're going to be playing in their home stadiums, for example, Borussia Dortmund, and we'll get there. Borussia Dortmund is home. They've been unbeaten at home. Does right. that matter as much, though? Exactly. So those are pretty so, – so I think that's the it's reason. Like talking, Kevin, about, you know, the Sixers being great at home and the Heat being yeah. great at home. Absolutely. And not have that home advantage. We're going to see potentially the impact, how it affects other team sports. Yes, exactly. And I know that it's not apples to apples, right? But basically, if we see a ton of goals, okay, maybe NBA overs when we get back. Mm-hmm. And if we are, are on the other side of things, it looks like everybody's just in the mud. Okay, maybe it could be an unders type of situation. So those are the things that I would, I'm going to be keeping tabs on. I personally believe that this is going to be the best test for people to try and get a grasp as to what mm-hmm. it'll look like when we're trying to bet a potential returning NBA. With that being said, as I look through this slate, you're yep. damn right I was getting you a pick for Monch and Gladbach. <laughs> I, that would be an absolute disgrace if I didn't. They're going to be playing Frankfurt. Yeah. And uh, so one of the interesting things, there's, there's two really uh, things when you want to uh, bet soccer over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, very, very uniform is the triple money line. Yeah, which is with a draw. You, if you might see a favorite and you're like, why aren't they heavier favorite? It's because right. if this game ends in a draw, you lose. You can actually right. bet the draw. So that's one. The other is the way that they price their totals. It's not a line set at three. Oh, that's right. It's like two and a half and three or something like that, right? So that's at a lot of books. FanDuel's pretty much like, yeah, we're not even getting involved with that. Here's the odds for over two and a half, 
Here's the odds for over three and a half. Here's the odds for over one and a half. I like and alternate lines. Decide. Yeah, they're all pretty much alternate lines. When it comes to this game here of Frankfurt versus Mach and Gladbach, I've decided to play the over two and a half at a minus 140 price. Uh, with Mach and Gladbach currently, now again, this is the tough thing here, Dane. I have to go off of the recent form that we right. saw. But the reason was two months ago. Exactly. The 2020 games that they had played, all eight Bundesliga's games, they did concede. Uh, and Frankfurt has scored in seven straight home Bundesliga games. So that right there leads, I think, to enough goals. Plus the first time that these two teams matched up, it was a 4-2 Mönchengladbach win. So mm. that was six goals, minus 140 to go over two and a half is my play on that one. All right, fair enough. And um, what was the name of that team again? Monchen Gladbach? There it is. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, you talk about the over and the under and will goals be, sc- will goals be scored yeah. as an inkling. I know, you, listen, obviously the Blue Blood best team in Germany is Bayern Munich, and it sounds like you do think they're going to hit the ground running. Yeah, so Bayern Munich um, made a decision uh, to change at manager, and the response was winning 10 of 11 games. Sounds and the one good. game that they didn't win was a draw. So of a possible 33 points, they picked up 31, and that's how they found themselves back to the top of the table. Because it's actually in December, they were not in first place, which for them was very, very jarring. But they've been in outrageous form, and they currently have a a Bundesliga record of scoring three or more goals in five consecutive road Bundesliga games, which is a preposterous thing. Like, on the road, three or more. So right there, we take that into account. Awesome. Then we've got, but we've got Union Berlin hosting, who's conceded three or more in four of eight. Oh, so wow. now we've got Bayern Munich stepping onto the field. Over three and a half goals is plus 118. And I really, really like this play because I think Bayern Munich could score five or six themselves. A lot of times a home team will be able to steal one. And if Union Berlin right. steals one, I got to get involved. Because the difficulty here is, like, if I was like, all right, maybe I can bet Lewandowski to score a goal. It's like minus 190. All right, well, what about just, you know, uh, Bayern to score three themselves, minus 125. Bayern to win, minus 550. Sometimes, can you get a bet, like, that they score in the first half and in the second half? I've seen that bet before, and probably you could do that for Bayern as well. Yeah, definitely an option for Bayern, one I'd recommend for sure. I don't know the juice on it, but I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a minus price. Like, Bayern is at that level. They're much better than a team than Union Berlin. With that being said... I am giving you all of these numbers that have a two-month gap in them. That's true. That's fascinating to follow. Absolutely. This is all, like you said, right? This is a very interesting tea leaf to read. You know, what, what do we know about this kind of break? It's interesting. I mean, in soccer, though, correct me if I'm wrong. At least I know because MLS here in America, they're on a slightly different schedule. They take like a big time break for the Olympics or for the World Cup, right? There are times when there is, like if the World Cup is going on, the MLS shuts down for about a month, month and a half, right? So that all team, all players can go to their national teams if needed, and then they come back. I know the MLS schedule is different than most of the European countries and their schedule, but it's not like this has never happened before. Now, one team I know about in Germany is Borussia Dortmund. Mm-hmm. And I know because they used to have Christian Pulisic, the best yeah. American soccer player 
pretty much ever, right? And so he's not there anymore. He's gone to the Premier League, but Dortmund is still one of the big boys of Bundesliga, right? Absolutely, and Dortmund has not just one of the best attacks uh, in the Bundesliga, that goes without saying. They have one of the best uh, attacks in, in world football. In the world, and yeah. they come in here up against Schalke. Now, this is a big rivalry. Uh, think Manchester Derby, think El Clasico, even at those okay. levels because those teams. But this is a very, very big rivalry here. They've already played once uh, in competition, and it was a nil-nil draw. These are two teams. This this should have been easy for me because Dortmund is much better. They're unbeaten at home, and like they should be able to to kind of you know basically do whatever they want to shock out. Mm. The problem is not only do we have this layoff for Dortmund, they're pretty banged up. Okay, key players like Marco Voice will not be back. Uh, Sancho, very doubtful. Emery Khan, Alex Witzel, all in the middle are, are guys that could be potentially absent for this game. So do check those lineups before you put the yeah, bets in. Um, also, though, on the other side, Shakal is going to be without their captain. So there's there's a lot of injuries, I think, that can play into this game. I flirted with the idea of a plus 320 draw. But here's what ultimately won out for me. And it's Dortmund to win the first half. And it's even money at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Chacal had a 1-1 draw, I believe, that stopped a four-consecutive goal uh, streak of no goals. And they played Leipzig, lost 5-0, and they played Bayern and lost 5-0. So Dortmund could easily win this. in that game. class, right? Five, that yes, sounds like a 100 percent 100%. But because of the injuries and the layoff, I'm a mm. little concerned. What I want to do is play Dortmund and win the first half at even money. And if I win that bet, great. Nothing to worry about. If I lose it, let me take what I got from that first half. Are they knocking on the door? Are they right there? Right. Or, you know what? This isn't their day, and let me just leave with what's there. And I luckily didn't lay any minus price. You know, it's interesting. You talk about learning from what you're seeing with your own eyes. We have a show on this network that does that. It's called In Game Live. All right, so those are some football picks. When we come back in hour number two, we turn our attention to American football, but it's Dane and Kevin still right here on the early line. Come on back for hour number two after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. <laughs> 